you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7. We're going to read two verses, verse 13 and 14. Jesus is doing the speaking here. And if anybody knew what he was talking about, he did. And you might have already looked at this scripture and say, well, this message is not for me today. Yes, it is. Let me tell you something. If you're lost, it is definitely for you. If you're saved, it is for you also because you should have a lost friend or an acquaintance or a relative that needs to hear about this straight gate and this narrow gate. So here we go. Jesus says, enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go therein. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you'd keep us who are saved on that straight path. I pray for those that aren't saved would find that straight path. I pray that you'd speak to our hearts today. And we'll be careful to thank you and praise you, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. From the records of our Lord's ministry among men while he was here on earth, he had more to say about this pathway than probably anything else he said. And I think many times, had the devil, Lucifer, had he not have wanted to be in charge in heaven, there would be no hell. But there is a hell. He got out of line. God said, you can't stay here. The Bible talks about that the hell was created for the devil and his angels. Now, it's sad to think about a person who knows they're lost and won't do anything about it to think of them as an angel of the devil. That's what the Bible talks about. That's what it says. And he says here in this scripture, enter ye in the straight gate. Now, to find this straight gate, it says, because the other gate's wide. Hey, it's no trouble to go in the wrong direction. People are going in the wrong direction every day they live. Every day they live. And people make a choice. People are making choices about sanctity of life. What should I do? Should I give birth or should I have an abortion? What they should say is speak plain English. Should I keep the baby or kill the baby? Hey, that's what it is. I don't care what the public might say. When that, when that woman conceives that child, it is a lie immediately. John the Baptist had a fit inside of Elizabeth when, she heard, when he heard the voice of Mary, the mother of Jesus. Can't you imagine? It? Hey, I remember when Liam was carrying the boys, every once in a while she'd say, look. And I mean, the stomach be doing all kinds of things. Hey. It's alive. It's not going to be alive the moment it's born. It's alive from the start. And people every day are making choices whether to go through the wide gate of abortion or go through the straight gate and keep the baby. Now, there are all kinds of reasons some people don't do that, and I won't get into that today. But our Lord Jesus Christ died for men 
paid our sin debt, that we would not have to go to hell. That's a horrible subject, y'all. It's not the easiest thing to preach on either. And it's not the easiest thing to tell a lost person, listen, if you don't accept Christ as your Savior and you keep living just like you're living right now and you die without Jesus, there is a hell waiting on you. And I've heard them say, I've heard them say oh, God wouldn't send me to hell. He, he is a loving God. You got that right. He is a loving God, but he's also a jealous God. He wants you and me to be on his side. He wants to be first in our lives. Now, when we think about this, it, it's a horrible thing. It's very horrible. Wide way versus a narrow way. Which way will you go? There's only two ways. You know, you come to a fork in the road. A lot of times, Lynn, I'll be traveling a fork in the road. If one way is going to be the right way and the other is the wrong way. You're either going to get to your destination by going the right way or go the left way or the wrong way and you'll forevermore before you get to where you're supposed to be. Now, Matthew, you know, I want to tell you something, what you need to do this morning. If you have a pen and a paper, you ought to write some of these scripture references down. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to help that lost person to believe there is a hell waiting. Matthew 25, 41, 25, 41 says that hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. You can't get any more plainer than that. Where is the devil going to live when it's all over? In hell. Where's all those who have followed him going to live? In hell. Well, let's think about those people. What about the person who goes to hell? Have you thought about that? I mean, we need to be able to tell the lost crowd exactly what's ahead. We know what's ahead according to heaven, according to the word of God. You be there with the Lord forever and ever and ever. You will know each other there as you were known right here. You'll be rejoicing, praising God forevermore. There'll be no night there. It's all time daytime. There'll be no sun, no moon, because God is the light, right? Okay, what does it say about hell? What about the person that goes to hell? In Psalm 1-6, it says the ungodly go to hell, the unrighteous Go to hell. In John 3, 18, it says, the condemned, they are condemned because they believe not. You got to believe. That's the a, that's a bottom line here is believing. And those who do not have time for God, such as the rich man, we'll talk about him a little later in a moment, but the rich man, he didn't have time for God. And the rich young ruler, you remember what Jesus said? I want you to sell what you got. Bring the money here and follow me. And I will take care of you. And the Bible says he went away sorrowful because he had many goods. He went away sorrowful. He didn't want to give up that. You know, I'm thinking many times, God don't want you to, to, to give up except give up your part his part of your life to him, follow him. And he says, uh, all these things shall be added to you if he's first. It's not wrong to have possessions. It's not wrong to have money. If you got it honestly, if you got it right, and you're not hoarding it, that you're spreading it, you're sharing it, and giving away. I told you that our accountant said, I don't see how you and Lynn are living. You're giving most, most more away than you're taking in. Hey, God continues to bless. Make me a channel of blessings is what we're saying. Well, 
Let me share with you what the Amplified Version of the Bible says concerning 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10. Here is who goes. Listen. No impure, immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor those who participate in homosexuality, nor cheats, nor swindlers, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkenness, no foul mouth, no slanderers will inherit or have any part of the kingdom of God. I don't know who that left out, do you? And all of us have been one or the other of those. Hello? Because we're sinners. We're sinners. If we're saved, we're sinners by the, by the grace of God. We're saved sinners. But we still sin. The Bible says we do. You can't argue with the Bible. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But I'm thankful for the gift of God, which is eternal life. All right. Not only the person who goes to hell, we've, we've covered that, but what about this? What about the place of the person who rejects Jesus? You know, Jesus says, I'm going home. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Now, the devil don't say that. The devil don't say, now, hey, I got a place in hell for you, man. You're going to like it. I mean, you're going to, man, we're going to have a time there. You're going to be with your buddies. You're going to get to do this like you're doing here on earth. You're just, just going to have a big time there, I'm telling you. It might get a little hot, but you, you'll survive. Let me tell you something. Listen to this. The place of the person who rejects Jesus, Matthew 8, 12. Matthew 8, 12, it says about this place, it is a place of outer darkness. Okay, on a, on a cloudy night at our house. We don't have night lights. We don't have security lights. We do have a motion detector light. But before that thing comes on, if you don't get in the way of its wave, let me tell you something. Down in that hole down there, it is dark. I'm talking you can't see your hand in front of your face on a cloudy night where the moon is not shining and no stars. It is pure darkness. Well, according to the Bible here, that outer darkness is darker than dark. All right? A second verse. Matthew 22, verses 11 through 14. I'm not going to read all those, but it talks about the wedding. It talks about everybody had to be dressed in the right moment in order to go in to this wedding. And when the time come, the bridegroom and everybody gathered in. And there was one person there that didn't have on the right garment. And Jesus says to him, how'd you get in here? Oh, I slipped in the back door. Well, I'm sorry. You will have to leave. Depart from me because I do not know you. And they're, they're, they're dis dismissed. Matthew 25, 30 talks about the talents. You remember? He gave one man so many, another man so many, another man so many. And one, the two of them went and invested their uh, talents that, that the king gave them. But the third one, he says, hey, man, I know, I know how tough he is. I know how hard a man he is. I, I'm going to bury mine, and I'll have it when he gets back. Well, the, the king returns, and the, the guys come and share it. Hey, you give me this, and I've got this. You give me this, and I've got this. But the last one said, now, hey, I know how hard you were, and, and I know how tough it is. 
So I got mine right here. I got the same thing you gave me. What? You didn't invest it? No, I was afraid to. I hid mine. Well, let me have it. He gave it to the others, and he told him, he said, depart from me. You sorry, low-down scoundrel. Depart from me. It's going to be tough. In Mark's gospel, chapter 9, verse 44, what does it say about hell? It said it is an unquenchable fire where the worm dieth not. And I know you guys, I'm satisfied you throw the worm in the fire before and watch him. Hey, he don't last long. Where the worm dieth not. Matthew 25, verse 41 not only is it, Mark says, an unquenchable fire, but Matthew 25, 41 says it is an everlasting fire. It is not going to go out. There are no fire departments in hell. There are no exit signs in hell. All right. We, we've looked at the person that goes. We've looked at the person, uh, the place that they, where they will go. But what about the punishment? Is there really punishment for this person? Uh, that he will be in in Luke 16, verse 23 through 31. Luke 16, 23 through 31. This is the, the story of the rich man and Lazarus. You remember? If you don't remember, I'll refresh your memory right quick. The rich man fared sumptuously every day, the Bible says. He had everything. He had servants. All he had to do was sit in a chair and snap his finger. Call for this, call for that. Everybody responded to his every need. He fared sumptuously every day. But there was a poor beggar that every day was brought and laid at the king's gate, the rich man's gate. Every day they laid him there. You know all he asked for was the crumbs off of the rich man's table. But the rich man wouldn't even sweep up the crumbs. All he had to do was tell the servants, hey, Take these crumbs out yonder to the beggar. Take these crumbs out yonder. Name was Lazarus. Take them out there to him. He's hungry. I've got more than I need. Take it out there to him. Maybe we can get him healed. Maybe we could get him in and he could become one of my servants. But look after him. He didn't do none of that. The Bible says, by and by, Lazarus died. And went to be in Abraham's bosom. It said the rich man died also. And then the Bible says, and in hell, he lifted up his eyes. And he could see Lazarus. He could see Abraham. And so he began to call out. Abraham, oh Abraham, please send Lazarus with just a drop of water on his finger. My tongue is on fire. Abraham said, son, I can't do that. There's a great gulf fixed between us and where you are. You can't come over here. We can't come over there. But Father Abraham, please listen to me. I got some brothers back where I grew up with my daddy. And they're living this like I live. Would you please send somebody back there where they don't come to this awful place? 
Abraham said, hey, they got the prophets. They have the preachers. They have evangelists. Let them tell them. Oh, Father Abraham, is there nothing that you can do? Now, the rich man didn't go to hell. Listen to me. He didn't go to hell because he was rich. He didn't go to hell because he did not feed Lazarus. He didn't go to hell because he fared sumptuously and had the world by the tail. But he went because he refused to accept the Son of God. That's the only reason he went, y'all. You could be the worst sinner this country has ever seen. None of it you do would send you to hell. Not one thing. The only thing that sends us to hell is rejecting Jesus Christ. The only way into heaven is not having money, not feeding the poor, not going on mission trips, not singing in the choir, not serving as a deacon, not preaching, but accepting Christ as your personal Savior. His punishment, I can't begin to think about the the things he must have been feeling. But listen to this, torment, you've been in torment, agony, misery, tension, distress, his tongue was burning. Revelation 14, 11. Listen to what Revelation 14, 11 says. And the smoke of their torment ascends up forever and ever. And they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Of his name. Let me tell you something about that mark. That's 666. It's the mark of the beast. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't like it. Probably I could change it, but I don't think you can. It bothers me every time somebody asks me for my driver's license number. Because right in the middle of that number, 666. It gives me cold chills. So you know what I do? I give about three numbers and one six. And then I'll give six, six, and the rest of the numbers. I know it's real. I know that that number is real, six, six, six. It's either going to be in your hand or on your forehead if you're lost. You know, I haven't got the nerve up yet, Okay. But Lord willing, I will do this one day because I'm concerned. I, I, I trade at a convenience store that I'm thinking the, the, the man is uh, uh, from India. He, he's India. I, don't, I guess he's a Buddhist. I, I don't know, okay? He's got a red dot right there. He was not born with that dot. I want to ask him, can you tell me about the dot? And I will listen to him tell about the dot. And then I hope the Lord will let me tell him about what happened here. I don't have a scar. But the Lord Jesus opened this old stony heart up and took out sin and replaced it with a heart of love and sewed it up and didn't even leave a scar. I hope God will allow me to do that. I, I'm not, I'm, listen, 
I cannot and I will not do it if there's a bunch of people in the place. I can't. God has got to arrange it to where nobody's in that store except me and him. Because I'd never, ever do anything to kill the Spirit of God. So you pray with me. I don't know when I'll go back in there. I don't know, okay? But I'm satisfied the next time I pass there, God's going to say, hey, you need to turn in. And I'm sure the devil will already be in there saying, hey, it ain't a good time. Somebody's supposed to come in. Somebody's in the bathroom going to come out. You can't do it. Listen, he will give you all kind of excuses why not to witness. But I'm just hard-headed enough to know and believe that my God, if he sends me in there, he's going to give me an opportunity to ask the man, tell me about the dot. Jesus said a many, many. Look, look at it again if you want to. Enter ye at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many. Y'all don't line that. And many. Many. There's, I'm not sure exactly where the portion of Scripture is now, but there is a verse in the Bible that says, Hell hath enlarged herself. Why? Because many are going there. Listen, more people are going to hell than they are heaven because Jesus said not only the many, somebody help me find that word few right quick. Few. In verse 14, almost the last, the word few. Y'all don't align that. Many are going to a place called hell. Few are going to heaven. Just because you say, Lord, Lord, oh, God, help me, Jesus. Oh, I'm in church today. Praise God, I'm here today. Where will you be tonight? Where will you be Wednesday night? Where will you be on your job tomorrow? Where will you as a retiree, where will you do? What will you be doing tomorrow as far as the gospel's concerned? You say, I'm not the preacher, I'm not a deacon, I'm not a teacher. If you're saved, you're a missionary. Hello? You've been called. Well, let me tell you something about the rich man. He was conscious. He could see. He could hear. He could feel. And probably the worst thing about hell, he could remember. You know, I believe these people in hell right now is thinking, oh, if I'd have just listened to so-and-so, they're going to remember. They're going to remember every time somebody talked to them about Jesus. They're going to remember there's an old boy in Traveler's Rest right now. I won't call his name. In Traveler's Rest right now. Lost his wife. Day before yesterday. He's an alcoholic. My friend that I stay in touch with said when he heard the call that this woman had died, they went, him and his wife went to the house and said he asked them, I said he was, he was drunk then, said, what happened? He said, I don't know. Says she'd been sick two or three days. Only God knows how long she'd been dead. And this man said, he used to lay brick for me. And said, I witnessed to him and I witnessed to him. And he'd always make fun of me. But he said, this week when I went and talked to him, asked him, would he please give his heart to Jesus? Said he turned his head away from me and hung his head down. Never answered me. He said, Kenny, they have no money to bury her with, no church, no preacher. World full of people like that. 
They don't think about tomorrow. They don't think about death and dying. But lastly, it is real, y'all. Everything that's ever been born is going to die unless Jesus soon comes, right? There's no stopping there. Let me give you a last point and, and we'll move on, all right? We see the provision that was made for this person. Romans 5, 6. Romans 5, 6. We that hear and believe. Don't forget that word believe. It's important. The word believe. He that heareth and believeth. He that is saved and baptized. Hey, it's part of the deal. It's part of the package. You know, something the the Bible says, in due strength. I got to thinking about that strength. What do I need all that strength for? I need strength for salvation. I need strength just to say, Lord, have mercy upon me. I need strength to be able to do that. I need to trust the Lord in that strength. I need strength to repent. I need strength to endure life just as it is. I need strength to nurse somebody back to health. I need strength to go ye therefore. I need strength to turn the other cheek. And I need strength to be a humble person. So what can you do? If you're lost, Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank God for that verse. It doesn't leave out a soul, not one. Hell's real. I don't know how to make it any any more real. I think every time I throw a stick of wood in the heater, all those hot coals, so hot you have to throw it in there and get back. And I'm thinking, how in the world could a person exist? And some people have the idea. They are just like a stick of wood. They go to hell and they burn up and it's over. Not so. If that were so, heaven would be us getting there, one big party, and it's over. Heaven is real. Heaven is forever. Hell is real, and hell is forever. No end. I can't imagine being in torment. A rich man, hey, he's still waiting on that water. He had the chance, and he blew it. Don't let the devil rob you of salvation. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we ask you right now to touch hearts. Lord, I ask you to touch lives. Lord, this uh, portion of your word is never popular. It's not something I always look forward to preaching. But Lord, it must be because you said it. You said it, and you called me to say it. You've called everyone in this room today, including myself, to hear it one more time. Some of you might be saying, oh, I've heard that before. Nothing's happened. Let me tell you, the fires are still burning in hell right now. And the Son of God is still shining in heaven. I just ask you to obey the Lord today. If you're lost, you need Jesus. That's the bottom line. Just say, hey, I don't know what to say. Don't worry about saying what to say. Just come. 
Maybe you're not close to the Lord as you want to be. I beg you to come. The altar is open for you to come, repent, and ask God to forgive you and give you the joy of your salvation back. And, and maybe you want to join our church today and you feel this is, this is where God wants you, then we want you to come. Whatever way God might have spoken to you today, Lord, I pray that you'd touch hearts and lives now. Give them the strength to obey you. In Jesus' name, amen. What do we...